0: In a nation divided by red and blue, we at Core Values want to lead from the front. We want to bring both sides together and help create a unified purple nation. Terry Spouse Coach. Uh, we're going to go into some some more, uh, not in-depth, but just a different variety of topic. I haven't just, she's really knowledgeable in a lot of stress and dealing with coping mechanisms and management, so I'm really intrigued to kind of get her insight on a lot of this. Awesome. Let's get her. All right. Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm good. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, can you hear me? Are we good?
1: Yes, we're good.
0: Awesome, Roger that. Awesome. So, how is it pronounced? Is it Poe?
1: It's Poe because people can't say my real name, which is Paola.
0: Paola. You go. Oh, is that Brazilian?
1: It's Italian via my family's from Argentina.
0: <laughs> ah, very well. My brother did a uh, study abroad out in Argentina.
1: Nice.
0: That's So, Po, or Puala, was it Puala? Paola. 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 So how how did you, how long have you been a military spouse, and what's kind of your background in the, you know, in the community?
1: Sure. So I married into the Navy 15 years ago, and uh, within ah. six months that we got married, we moved and were stationed in Sigonella, which is in Sicily, and we spent four years out there my daughter who's with me was born out there so she's our little Sicilian and we came back yeah came back to Oklahoma and that's where we've been ever since because of the work he does Uh, it's actually we got really lucky that we got a chance to get out
0: oh you did so through that time how many times did did you go through any deployments any multiple deployments just back and forth the entire you know time
1: yeah. So what's interesting is, you know, people when they think of a deployment, they um, they think like a very long time, right? Yeah. In my case, the deployments I had to get used to were very short. So
0: okay.
1: Be gone for like one month, and then be home for a month, and then leave again for a month. so it's just it's a very different um, way of reintegrating, and mm-hmm. when. When we were in Sicily, he, he didn't really deploy like that. It was just little spurts here and there. He'd leave for three or four days, come back, leave again. Um, yeah. So weirder <laughs> in that sense. Hold on. send my daughter out there to answer someone's question. Um, so what happened was, you know, we had to really get used to just this in and out right and Mm -hmm. when you have a a young child we had you know my daughter they change very i don't know if you have kids
0: Uh, no i don't no okay
1: so when they're little they like change so fast like yeah just in like a month what you thought they were doing like they're like double the size yeah and you know yeah back and be like oh you know trying to do this and i'd be like she doesn't she doesn't do that anymore you know like She doesn't eat that anymore. She won't Constantly eat that. Constantly
0: adjusting. Mm-hmm.
1: It's constant. It's constant. And so it's very, um, it can be very stressful. So we've managed mm. with that. And then we're out there. I worked for the Naval Hospital. I was the health promotion coordinator. I fell into wellness and wow. loved my job. I tell everyone, if you ever get a chance to go over, go. Like, yeah. Just do it. And just enjoy. Just make it because it was the best. I would have stayed there forever. I would have never come back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to try somewhere new.
1: Um, God, no. I mean, like I got to use my Spanish out there. You know. Yeah. We, I mean,
0: well,
1: I probably would have.
0: Well, there's just. See, I just think there's just so much opportunity. Just getting a chance to, if you get like a window of opportunity to travel, to go to a different place, like. You know, you kind of experience one, you can get that same experience and renewal of life and reinvigoration at a new place. You know, I think we kind of get stuck in like, oh, this is a good feeling, let's stay here. But I'm always like, oh, we can establish just that same feeling in the same, at a new place.
1: You make a really good point. You, you really do. And I have um, a really good friend of mine, like, they love being overseas, like, they love it. So, yeah we met in Sicily, then she went to Hawaii, or no, then she went to Cuba, then she went to Hawaii, they just wrapped up Jack's. and now they're out in Nawa, so, like, they love it, mm-hmm. but his job allows that, like, he can kind of take orders, kind of, to different places, my husband kind of, like, he has to kind of stay in this community, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's where he's very specialized, and, I mean, we yeah. could go just go do something completely, completely different. Like I teased him that in Italy, he was a stewardess. He's like, I'm not a stewardess. I was a load master.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's very specific in titles when, when you're in the military, billets and titles precede everything. So having to deal with a constant back and forth and it's kind of like uncertainty, you either enjoy it, but it also comes, it's like a double edged sword. It comes with a high end of stress. So, when you're dealing with that how is like how do you work work out the chaos when you're dealing with both the military side and the home the home front dealing with all the things that you have to get done at home.
1: Do you want old me or new me?
0: <laughs> well, no, I want first off, I definitely want old you. I want to see how you struggled with it, how you had to learn what was the right path and what was the right you know type of methods to use and ideologies and what could you have done when you were younger in the younger days in the earlier days that would have benefited you that might have been just a small adjustment?
1: So old me did not handle change well. So, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, but also old me was very, like, controlling. Like, I get to do it my way when you're gone and I want to keep it my way when you're back, right? Instead of, mm-hmm. like, letting him reintegrate and letting things go and getting back into the a different routine. Um, wow. I'll be honest. I'm a screamer. I was a yeller. My poor daughter has told me, like, you don't scream. Uh, I have a s- almost seven year old now. You don't scream at him the way you used to scream at me. And I go, I have grown. You were my <laughs> like. <laughs> I am very sorry. Um, I was. I was. A, I was a screamer. I didn't handle change very well. Mm-hmm. I really just. Be- and because of that, I wanted things my way all the time. And, mm. but I was, but I was healthy in the fact that I was still doing movement and working out, um, trying okay. to, you know, yeah. like, that was okay. It was just, it was up in here. I just couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And so mm. it took a, it probably took after my dad passed in 2013, where I was like, oh, wow. this has, something has to change, like. And um, I didn't, I didn't get to really grieve right away because I had to go into taking care of my mom, um, which I still do. I'm her caregiver. I'm her um, power wow. for everything. You'll see it in my stories and things like that. And, um, but I said, something has to change. Like, I don't like yelling. I don't like this feeling of um, guilt after I yell at my child or yelled at mm-hmm. my I would just have like diarrhea of the mouth. It was just horrible. And so the first thing I did was um, I started practicing gratitude. Like the first thing. Good. That so was wow. like, I like, started journaling gratitude. I got myself a journal. And that really helped just to see things from a different perspective because things feel bad. Like when you have anxiety and mm. constantly having to hold down the fort at home like there's a lot of pressure and i I try not to get emotional but i thought and mind you my background is in counseling dude Mm -hmm.
0: like yeah
1: i was supposed to be a counselor Um, which means
0: but that's that that doesn't give you the answer that just gives you double the the pressure for you to be have the answers Right. i mean you feel like you should know and when you don't know you're like am i am I an imposter? Am I fake? Am I just, you know, spitting out lies out of my mouth? You have insecurity. I mean, but when you get over it, you realize that no, you actually benefit other people because that's what they need. But you need, everyone's different. Everyone needs different answers. Mm -hmm. So you are able to help other people with their answers, but you take time. You might take, you know, three times amount of time to figure out what your needs are, for you to overcome your stressful situations, but you can help somebody else out in a couple of sessions. I mean, you're different. You have a more dense, you know, compact mind. You have more knowledge and experience, and you're trying to cram it all together while handling responsibility. It's tough. Yeah, um,
1: that's a really good perspective. You know, and it's probably you know why I went into coaching military spouses and specifically on stress management wellness is because you put yourself on the back burner or you keep trying and trying and trying, but because of these like deployments and this in and out and putting everybody else first and you know it took a long time to be like, Okay, I love you guys but Mama's got I you for me. <laughs> like yeah. And you well, and you start and you stop and you start and you stop because everyone bitches about it. Everyone's like, But you're not available and I need you to do this and blah 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 and you're just so you stop because you're like oh yeah you're right oh i feel really bad i took the you know and you mm-hmm. talk yourself out of it
0: i wanted to ask you what are some of your biggest uh ways to recover yourself both like separately how do you mentally uh recover not just deal with your stress but also recover from it and then also your body like what have you done for yourself to kind of help recover from all of you these constant stressful situations. Got... Okay, you're good. Well, is am I lagging? All right, well, we're just going to work in the meantime. What I'm pretty much going to ask, I don't know if she can hear me, is the recovery. Because you go through bad times and you have to, you know, bounce back from it. Sometimes you get stuck in that bad time or that dark hole and you don't know how to climb out. And it's really nice to have other options besides the way that you think to be able to come back into that, you know, stable state of mind. We're just going to keep going until she comes back on. When you're really like thinking about what the problem is, like for me, when I've dealt with a lot of bad things and I get really dark, dark into depression, don't want to talk to anybody. It's the constant idea of people out there that care about you and oh yeah if you could uh just request back in then we'll be good to go run it back but if you can still hear me uh the goal is you know how do you bounce back into that situation of okay well now i'm good i can keep moving forward i know that i can be productive now instead of thinking that you're just some you know head dead weight or thinking that you're a burden The problem with feeling like you're a burden is it's constant. It's like, it's a snowball effect of feeling like you're a burden. You, you go from one person to now somebody you work with, you feel like a burden to them. Then from that person at work, then it might be somebody that you, maybe it's like a workout buddy or somebody like that. Then you feel like you're a burden on them. And then over the overall, it just keeps like snowballing into where you just feel like you're a burden to everybody around you. And you know, the goal is to be able to overcome, you know, that type of spiral effect or, you know, how do you get out of it with somebody else? If you're not alone. All right. We good. I think so. Okay. So my question was when you like the recovery aspect, like how do you deal with recovery when you're mentally just completely overwhelmed? How do you like, what strategies do you have to come back and get back into that me- stable mental state? And then also when your body is just completely exhausted and just deprived and worn out and you can't handle it anymore, what do you do to kind of recover, to get back into like being able to do things again?
1: So, and I remember being in that stage. I remember my arms felt so heavy. I thought I was iron deficient. I thought like something was mm-hmm. the wrong with Honestly, the first thing I did was I went to my doctor. I asked for a blood panel. I said, "I don't feel right. Can we just see what's going on?" Number one, mm-hmm. and then, I got myself into therapy.
0: Wow, good. Um, it was time. big, 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 big step.
1: Yep, and I got myself into therapy, and then decided, and then honestly, it was just a huge mindset shift. It was a in- It was, you have to, you have to, you can't quit. You cannot quit on yourself because A, you've got people to take care of um, and you're worth it. I think sometimes we just don't see ourselves as worthy of pouring into, and Mm. you need to remember that you are worthy of that.
0: Now, what, what type of things reminded you that you were worthy?
1: I would just remember just the days of like feeling good in my body and feeling good in my mind, and I deserve to feel that again. And wh- mm-hmm. I needed to do whatever to do to get back to that place. I also, um, I believe in spirits and mediums and all that, mm-hmm. and I had met the medium um, not long after my dad had passed away. Probably it was like six months after he had passed. And he told me, he said, um, you need to be very careful. You may fall into a deep depression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, okay. And, and chronic depression runs in my family. And I said, oh, okay. So I logged that in my head. Yeah. And when I feel I'm going into that place, I use my resources. I use my therapy. I use my support my people, um, I, I asked for help, like as a military spouse, you have to get out of the mindset of asking for help is weak. Yeah. And that
0: you'll
1: abuse that.
0: So true. (laughs) How do you go, go about that change while still having a control issue, like having a constant need for control? How did you, you get over that
1: you let go of control
0: so all you're buffering
1: for me so i'm going to keep
0: you you had to get rid of all of your control is that what you're saying
1: no you have to learn you have to learn to give aspects of control you have to learn and that's what therapy will teach you mm. that's what working with coach will teach you is all uh, those little things that you're trying to control are the things you really can control can you relinquish it to where somebody else can take some burden off your plate.
0: Mhm. And were you able to find other like-minded women or community spouses, not just women but just spouses? Like what what type of introduction was that to you? Was that a difficult type of finding cuz you're going you said it from Italy, from Italy to all these, you know, other countries? How did you integrate with them?
1: So we've only done Italy and Oklahoma. And what's interesting is when we came back, all of our friends started like either retiring and moving Uh away. I didn't have my people here anymore. I didn't have time for my people. I like my dad died two years after we moved back and I immediately Mm. had to go to taking care of my mom. And it was weird. Later, that you know, so I'm thankful that my people were here. Um, My Mm. very best friend, so she will come and know that um, I talked about her moved away about two weeks before my dad died, and they, yeah, they got stationed in Gitmo, Mm. and so she apologized profusely. She was like, "I can't be at his funeral." Like when he, when you know, when he passed, like, "Hey, this is the nature of our life." Like. I'm not going to hold this against you, you know, but she was like my person, um, Mm. my community here. Uh, you just honestly, when you don't have it, you either go out and build it. If even if it's not other military spouses, but wherever you are, build your community, build your people that help you. That is. And that's what I talk about in my program. When I work with spouses, where's your community? Who are your people? I don't care if they're military or not. You need people.
0: I love how that is the, the commonality among every single military spouse is finding your people, getting your team, building together. That is who we are. That is what makes us you know, overcome anything. Every, even when you feel weak, if you have the right people around you, they can make you feel strong again. We get healed by people. People are warmth. When we're cold, people are the ones that keep us together, and we're warm, and we can survive. Um, you can't really do it yourself. Right. So it's, what's hard, especially when you start becoming building your family, you have children involved, and then that's, even, that's an endless string of need. You, it only gets until a certain age when they can start giving back to you. So you are in constant state of giving for you know about half of their legal life. Half their legal life, they're completely indebted to you, and you keep building that family. And there's more, you know, getting taken out of you because you have more responsibility. You have to be able to manage more, type, more uh, transition. If anything needs to get planned, you have to, you know, your spouse may be able to help, but you have to be able to do it when they're gone. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to control that situation. And that's why I feel like if you, if you're able to give up that control, what did mentally it alleviated a lot of stress for you, but did you think that the people around you benefited and thrived from that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause like when I stopped yelling so much, when I stopped, um, my daughter just rolled her eyes at oh, me. Oh, no, I did She um, might ask us <laughs> to leave. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, you know, everybody everybody around you changes. When you grow, when you grow as a person in a positive way, everybody around you reaps the benefits. And everybody around you gets to grow with you. Because in, in, in it's, it's not easy. The journey's not always easy. Because especially when your family will view your time away from them in a negative way at the beginning... You just push through that and don't turn, like, don't turn back. Don't yeah. turn back. Like, keep going. Um, they'll get used to you going for your friends or doing your workouts and doing your things. They might even join you. Like, you're just, they're going to, le- they just learn. They learn and they grow with you. Anyway, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's
0: beautiful. I think one of the biggest things, especially being a, a military family, if you are a tight knit family there's something about making things enjoyable and you can have a very bad, stressful situation. But if you have an enjoyable family where everyone enjoys each other's company, then you guys are able to make any type of transition, you know, happen. You're, you're able to trust one another instead of just thinking that the other person's just going to be dead weight because they're going to do it the wrong way. And, um, and, People need to be able to fail, though. So the problem with control is you want to be able to succeed. But people need to fail in order to learn how to do it the right way. Everyone learns differently. And if you're stopping that person from failing because you're making failing a bad experience, then you're not going to be able to encourage them when they do do something right, because you're only going to see the the times that they fail. And what that does is it, it forces them to no longer want to try because no matter how hard they try, nothing is going to be praised. It's only going to be, you know, condemned. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to reward the people around us. I think once we reward people, then people feel empowered. And once people feel empowered, then they get motivated. And when people get motivated, that's when you start being able to outreach a larger, you know, have a larger impact on the people and the community around you. I think for you, you just had so much knowledge and so much strategic precision. You just didn't know how to delegate what you were seeing on inside your head to the people around you. And because you weren't able to communicate that, it irritated you and the people around you really, you know, that, that's the part about evolving as a leader. In order to lead, mm-hmm. you have to be able to see like, how do the people around you receive information? It's not about how what you're saying. Nobody cares about what you're saying because you have to be able to have the people around you understand what you're saying. That matters more than what you say. The people around you have to just yeah. understand what you're saying. If you say five words and pe- the people understand what you're saying, that's more powerful than saying a whole you know, dialogue. And it's being able to communicate in that type of team you know, mentality. It's, uh, you are one, you all think as one, you move as one. Um, and everybody wants to help you because they know that you're gonna empower them. And, and, and that makes you, you know, desired. People are gonna wanna be around you because you're gonna empower them. So you're gonna be just like a magnet You're going to be the one that everybody's want to like follow that leader because you're going to feel empowered when you see them. And I think that's how you can, you can raise children to feel that way. Children can empower adults. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has that ability. You can't just look at children like they can't give you anything because there are, that's what they are. They're a connection. There's two sides Mm -hmm. to that magnet and they can help you. They can uplift you. They can encourage you. And you just have to allow them to feel that they can do that. You have to empower them. Yeah, Um, no,
1: absolutely. I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because, um, military children is like, are some of the just bravest, like melding, like they, they go through these deployments, they go through these transitions Mm -hmm. and we just like expect them to just be okay, you know, and, um, most of the time they are, but, um, I tell folks that like my daughter, she, first of all, she saved me in my grief. Like, I don't, I think I've told her this before. Like she saved me. She's, she was like my, when my dad passed, it was like, I, I in, I was in a mode. She was three years old, but I was like, okay, that poor girl, I dragged her up and down the turnpike for three months. <laughs> <laughs> to clean out my parents' house and she was like the biggest trooper and then when my husband be back I drop her off or I, you know like they're just kids are amazing and then the older they get like they do they are you like she'll even say things to me and I'm like wow yep. like yep. That's, that's good like you yep. are I made that you're great like <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad you said that. That is a really good point. And just, I mean, when you are feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling the stress, you need to find the one thing that brings you joy. I don't care if it's journaling, if it's going for a walk, if it's, you know, um, getting go get, go get an ice cream. Like sometimes we just need something that, or being, being with people, but when it gets to a point that those little things aren't working for you, that's when you need therapy, my friend. That's when you need a, a more intervention. And it is okay. It's okay. It's okay. Go get therapy. Everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs therapy. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um, and, and our kids, our kids too. Yeah. I, I tell everyone, just get therapy. <laughs> I,
0: well, this is the one thing about therapy is the body has a natural form of therapy. And the problem is, is we reject it. We reject our body's natural form of therapy. And what is our body's natural form of therapy is crying. And you ha- and we deny that. We deny ourselves our body's coping mechanism. Mm.
1: And why do you think we, you- did-
0: because you, you feel weak. Mm. That's why. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously there's other, there's other reasons, but, you yeah. know, from, from my opinion, it's because you feel weak, you're vulnerable. You, you, you don't like yourself this way. You don't like the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing it because you're either in pain or you're sad. It's a, it's a negative, you know, repercussion.
1: And but, it's going to put it away, right? We don't, we don't want to be in that feeling, right? Yes. Yeah. So, things my rabbi told me when my when my dad died she goes cry in front of your daughter yep. don't be afraid cry in front of your daughter and I'm like, yeah. how did she know I was holding that Not and crying like in the dark somewhere like you know um keeping it from her and the like after that I was like I cry in front of her because
0: we're human yeah Tears we fix pow- our no the <laughs> power of humans is we fix ourselves. We have the ability to heal. We we in everything in our in our life, we can heal. That's what makes us so special.
1: Right, but sometimes we need a little support.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. And that's we why need-
0: we you know we have people like that start communities that make the initiative to help each other build each other up and you know, if they need help, you're right there, you're able to to give them advice, some knowledge, some resources, anything they need. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a community. It's a tribe. Everyone there is for is it, there for each other. They're not there to you know comp- divide and conquer. You know they want they want to, you know, come together and achieve you know just serenity. Yeah, um, love it. Paola, it was. I want to start circling it back, but I, before we do that. I want to ask what is something that you uh, like kind of hold on to that you connect to? Is it like a, is it like a saying? Is it a quote? Is it a mentality? What is something that that you hold on to that really helps get you through any type of, you know, hard time and stressful situation?
1: Um, I tell myself that it's temporary. Mm. It's going to be okay. It's temporary, and it's going to be okay. My, um my mom and I would joke. We'd always be like, "Tutto bene," like everything's fine, everything's fine. Tutto bene. For like, my uncle used to say it all the time, and so whenever I see her, like I just saw her yesterday, I always, I always say it to her. I'm like, "Tutto bene, mommy. Tutto bene, tutto bene." And she'll just kind of look at me, like, you know, it's like, she's struggling. She can't talk anymore. She's wheelchair bound, but. She communicates you know, with her facial expressions, and every now and then I get words, and she just is like, "I'm like, I know mom." like <laughs> What we're going through is temporary. Mm-hmm. We just have to work our way through it in the best we can.:
0: Yeah, that's powerful, it's true. And you can also change any situation that's mm-hmm. what that's what's temporary, you know, Wow. Okay, so how can the audience that's listening, the listeners, how can they reach you? What are you doing in the future, and what kind of endeavors are you pursuing right now?
1: Sure, so they can DM me here on Instagram. My DMs are always open, and um, there's a link in my bio to learn about um, my coaching program, but my next endeavor as far as like what I want to do for the community, and I've been putting it off for a year, is I'm – I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a podcast and you have to come on and be one of my guests. Um, that's... Really been... cause it's fear. I'm like scared. I'm like, I don't know how to do a podcast. What the hell am I doing? Like, and I curse all the time. So, um, my audience knows that by W I, I curse like a sailor. My husband even told me that when we were dating, he's like, you curse so much. And I'm like, that's fucking what I do. Like,
0: yeah, like I
1: just curse. Um, <laughs> that is coming. Hopefully soon that, um, continue to build a community, continue to just be a place where if anyone needs help or anything, you can always reach out to me.
0: Mm. Just a, just a, a source of assistance. Yeah, And I love uh, what you're
1: doing. That's great. Yeah. I'm having- well,
0: we have to, we have to do it. It has to get done. Thank so you. yeah. And I'm just, a, I'm just so grateful that you got a chance to be a part of it that we, I mean, what we go, what you have gone through, needs to you know kind of get communicated in a way that other people can benefit from. And I feel that you need, we need to appreciate people that have gone through and experienced you know, adversity. And how do, how do you come together as a team? And, the only, and I think the civilian community and the military community need to you know, come together as a team. And the military spouse is exactly how that's represented. So thank you for what you do. <laughs> all right well po- paula thank you so much um we got you just froze there for a little bit it's all good <laughs> uh everybody thanks for listening we uh had a really great conversation We covered some really great things and i i think she's you know She's doing great. She's, she has this incredible energy, and I think that she's really done a lot of great for the people around her, a lot of great things, and helped them out. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to Core Values. While we aim to represent all branches of the military, we can't do it without you, our listeners. Want to be on the show or know someone who should? Reach out to us on our Instagram at CoreValuesOfficial or on our website, corevalues.io.